Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Prince Harry like you've never seen him before in his new docuseries, The Me You Can't See. Plus, Tiger King chaos continues a year later and an enlightening discussion on Demi Lovato, gender identity, and pronouns. It's May 21st. Hello, happy Friday, guys. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. The finish line is in sight, and the weekend is calling, texting, emailing, all of it. Uh, So much has happened this week in news, and one of the big stories surrounding singer Demi Lovato, who now identifies as non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them, is something that we are going to delve into later in the show with my guest, hit writer-producer, media strategist, and a prominent non-binary member of the LGBTQI community, Fran Toronto, who discusses their journey and helps address some of the questions people have around using pronouns like they and them. So very interesting talk later. Stay tuned for that. Now, though, top stories. And I am joined by People.com Royals editor and expert Aaron Hill, as well as TV editor and expert Brianne Heldman. Hi, guys. Hi, Janine. So good to have you on. Uh, so let's start with you, Aaron, because I want to discuss Prince Harry. Uh, there's a, a couple things going on with him right now. Uh, first and foremost, the, the the announcement that he has given a statement on the whole BBC drama, the investigation on Martin Bashir and what went on behind the scenes to kind of deceitfully get that interview with Diana way back in 1995. So what did Prince Harry have to say about all of this? Yeah, both Harry and William have spoken out um, with the results of the official inquiry that uh, that happened over the past few months. And it's clear that they're they're both extremely angry. William's statement had far more anger. William, uh, Harry seems a little bit more focused on the sadness, saying powerful statements like our mother lost her life because of this and nothing has changed. And he seems to be focusing on the fact that the problems still exist, this culture of exploitation, unethical practice. Is he's concerned it's still happening. I mean, he's experiencing it himself with with Megan, so he knows all too well. So it's it's definitely bringing up a lot of really raw emotions for both the brothers. Goodness, uh, it's just it's, it was so long ago, and to have this surfacing now in the midst of Harry just being as uh, you know front and center as he is, um, I was waiting to hear what he was going to say, and, and lo and behold, he definitely had something to say. But uh, speaking of seeing him more. The Me You Can't See, Apple TV Plus docuseries that had its release last night. Uh, Just what were the biggest takeaways for you, Erin? You know, we have heard Harry speak out recently about his mental health and, um, you know, being in therapy, but we've never kind of seen him go to such um, depth in explaining the pain he felt growing up after his mother's death and how no one talked about it around him. And he made revelations that we never heard before, like how he kind of coped with the pain through drugs and alcohol in his 20s and how it really was 
the presence of Megan in his life that made him realize I have to, I have to face my past. I have to try to heal from this. And so it was just really groundbreaking to see him talk about therapy. Um, in that, in such detail, we even saw him do an on-camera EMDR therapy session, which is really groundbreaking. And then just having him just explain the, the kind of, pain he felt, the anxiety, um, panic attacks. Um, it, it's really, he took it to a new level with this series. Yeah. And, and what is this particular therapy? Because Brian, I remember you saying that you know about it. Yes. Yeah, so I have done EMDR. Um, it is really kind of a trippy thing. It is this weird, um, this weird set of situations where your eyes, um, if they move to either side, while you are thinking about a traumatic moment, it, you can actually manipulate and manipulates the wrong word, but you can alter your physical reaction and your emotional reaction to thinking of that trauma. So it allows you to pull up the memory of the trauma without having the physical and emotional reaction to it. It doesn't change the memory. You still know what it was. You still remember how you felt, but you don't feel the physical things. I used to, the situation that I was working on, when I would think about it, I would feel just this absolute tension in my stomach. I mean, it was really significant. And as I worked on it and worked through this process, that loosened and loosened and loosened. And I could think about that memory and not feel that. Wow. Wow. And yeah, he talks about the, just the physical uh, reaction to the trauma, the, like Aaron was saying, the panic attacks and things like that. Um, tell me about his relationship with Megan and, and how all of this has been affected by what he's been going through, how his mental health has affected their relationship. Yeah, I think we never quite knew what he was struggling with um, in terms of his mental health at the start of his relationship with Megan. And so he talked about how um, they had an argument very early on in their relationship. And in that argument, Megan said something like, you just reverted back to 12 year old Harry. And he kind of became very defensive. And, and he kind of realized in that moment, if, if I don't go back, if I don't face um, you know, my past, I'm going to lose her. And Megan really kind of shined a light on what she saw that uh, was traumatic going on in his life. Still, she saw a lot of behind the scenes what was going on in the institution of the royal family. And she said to him, I think you need to see someone. And it was really her reaction and his reaction to that argument that um, propelled him to go into therapy. And he actually says in his first therapy session, his therapist referenced like your, your 12 year old Harry. Oh, wow. It's so much. And, and you can only imagine what all the talk about Martin Bashir in the interview is dredging up for him, speaking of trauma and the loss of his mom. So just hoping that he continues to do the work. Uh, it's so awesome. But in that same vein of trauma, and let's just put out a trigger warning as we are about to discuss details of sexual assault. Uh, I want to put that out there. But let's talk about the news surrounding Lady Gaga, who has revealed that she was raped by a producer when she was 19 and became pregnant from that attack. So, Brianne, take me into how we got this news and why it's related to everything we were just talking about. Yeah, well, this is one of the episodes of The Me You Can't See, Harry's show on Apple TV+. And Gaga is opening up about her experience and really trying to urge people to get help. Um, but 
I did not know that she was pregnant. She has talked about being no, sexually assaulted dead. before. Yeah. And that was very surprising. She said um, that, that the person who raped me dropped me off pregnant on a corner at my parents' house because I was vomiting and sick because I'd been abused. I was locked away in a studio for months. I mean, and she referred to a quote, psychotic break, which just, it's horrifying. You know, it's a horrifying story before it's more horrifying. Now she was about 19 years old at the time. Um, and, and she, she also opened up about self-harm and the, and admitted that she still has done it fairly recently. Oh my God. It, it's uh, you think of of people in this position, and this is something Harry has talked about too. This position of privilege, and a lot of people like to throw on them. Oh my goodness, you have so much money. Oh, you have the best house in the world. Uh, everybody loves you. You have fans screaming your name. That does not negate, and they're showing it does not negate the same level of struggle and trauma that so many others are going through. Sometimes it can even be its own additional beast, right? So, so how how is she coped? How has she tried to deal with all of this since then until now? Well, certainly to your point, you cannot throw money at all of your problems. That just, it, it doesn't work that way. Trauma is trauma, regardless of your financial situation. For Gaga, one of the big things has been therapy and really taking care of herself that way. But also her fans have supported her and it, and it really has been a back and forth with her, her supporting her fans and urging them to get help and inspiring them. And then the the feedback she gets back from them, I think really helps fuel her. Wow. This, this show just sounds like a must watch, especially on the heels of 2020. Man, I know that people are really needing to just get to a better place. And I, I, I can't believe that we're getting this from Prince Harry, a show that's showing people exactly how to do that. So that's so cool. Let's shift to, um, well, speaking of the pandemic, a show no, that had us still- all captivated <laughs> at the top of the pandemic, not a better place, uh, this is coming out of <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, Tiger King. Tiger King is back in the headlines pretty much a year after it made so many headlines, even the cover of People Magazine. Lord, oh my goodness, this show. Oh my goodness. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a raid. There was a raid um, at the zoo at Tiger King Park in Thackerville, Oklahoma, which is owned by Jeff and Lauren Lowe. Um, and it was raided on Thursday and 68 big cats were seized by federal authorities. So um, whew, uh, the t- remind me of Jeff and Lauren. Jeff was the shady guy, <laughs> right? At, towards the yes. end that got the park. Yes. So, yes, Jeff and his wife, Lauren, were the shady couple that uh, memorably wanted to hire a hot nanny. Um, uh, yes. Hot <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they wound up taking over Joe's park uh, because Joe had all these financial issues and Jeff kind of wheeled and dealed that and then was pivotal in getting Joe arrested and is part of the reason that Joe was sentenced to prison for 22 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Joe's actions are the reason, to be clear. 
But Jeff and Lauren definitely ratted him out. <laughs> <laughs> it did. And how I remember uh, Jeff kind of taking, uh, I guess, high road, whatever it is at the end and trying to be a little bit holier than thou. And then just the news reports after have not stopped. So, so why is he in the hot seat? Why are his cats being taken away? Well, they have been mistreated significantly. The authorities have said that they were not being well taken care of. They were malnourished. They were abused. And to be honest, not a big surprise. <laughs> not at all. Oh my I goodness. feel terribly for these animals. I hope that they are rehabbed and find safer, better homes. But, the, you know, one of the things Tiger King really brought to light was this, this big cat industry that yeah. is really messed up. Erin, did you watch? Did you watch did Tiger watch. King? I was definitely totally captivated. <laughs> so I'm following all the all the news right now for sure. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the royals watched Tiger King. I know it was. I know it took over America, but I wonder if the UK got in on all of the craziness. Well, this is kind of too perfect, but Harry says that um, he and Megan love to watch Jeopardy. So <laughs> they're watching Jeopardy while we're all watching Tiger King. But we know some of the other royals. Um, we know Will and Kate love to watch Game of Thrones. They liked Homeland when that was on, and they'd order curry takeout and watch their shows. So. You know, just like us, they've got their binge watches. And we know Harry watched some of The Crown because of the cordon. He did admit he watched some of The Crown. We do know that. You have to think they all have. So, you you know, how could they resist? We would totally watch a show about People magazine. Like, we would not (laughs) miss it. Uh, Guys, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Next up, writer, producer, and prominent LGBTQI community member Fran Tirado on what it means to be non-binary and why proper pronouns are important. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Guys, Demi Lovato has dominated the news this week, having opened up about being non-binary, which is a term used for gender identities that are neither male nor female. Uh, Demi went into the revelation a little further, speaking during a live stream panel for People's Partnership with the mental health organization Bring Change to Mind. The panel, which streams on May 23rd at 8 p.m., is an intimate talk to help raise awareness and funds for the organization. The $25 tickets are available now at bringchange2mind.org backslash conversations. But here is a preview of what Demi had to say there. A part of my freedom is acknowledging the queer part of myself because for so many years I shoved it down and I tried to fit into a mold of what I thought society wanted from me. We've seen stars like Elliot Page and Sam Smith similarly identify as non-binary with Smith also choosing to be addressed by the pronouns they, them. It's 
continue the discussion around gender identity, but also the words we use. I found myself discussing with some family members terms that were new to them, like cisgender or cis, which describes a person like myself whose gender and identity corresponds with their birth sex. Well, my guest now, Fran Tirado, is a writer-producer who helmed publications like Out and Hello, Mister. They have founded, produced, and hosted three beloved queer podcasts. Uh, Their show, Food for Thought, sells out shows nationally and received critical acclaim as, quote, NPR on poppers. Uh, With big brands like Netflix, Nike, and Google, and institutions like Harvard, Yale, and Juilliard, Fran helps strategize on content for and about LGBTQ plus audiences. Uh, Their work has been featured in places like Vogue, Time, GQ, Rachel Maddow, and Good Morning America. Their work has earned them the Stonewall Foundation's Vision Award, Brooklyn's 30 Under 30, and they were deemed a queer champion by the New York Times. Uh, On the personal side, a Taurus Virgo moon, Fran hails from Indiana and is thriving in Brooklyn with fans who lovingly refer to themselves as the Fran base. And Fran is here now. It's so great to have you on. Oh my gosh. I, um, that is a really lovely introduction. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Well, you've done so much. Like, what what can I say? So, so there's a lot I want to get into with you, but I want to start out with one of the bigger news moments this week. Uh, Demi Lovato announced that they are non-binary and that their pronouns are they, them. Many people, including yourself, are non-binary. And with Demi having just such a huge platform, how significant is this? What does it mean in terms of representation? Yeah, I mean, the first thing to acknowledge is that it's just so exciting. Visibility matters. Representation matters. Our stories matter. And, you know, despite the kind of ishiness that comes with celebrity culture and how it finds its way into queer culture and intersects with queer culture, it is like an overall really exciting thing to watch Demi Lovato come out. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely um, something that means a lot to the community. Great, great. Well, well, let's talk pronouns, uh, which, you know, could seem simple. You know, as humans, we use them all the time. Yet when it comes to using pronouns to refer to members of the LGBTQ plus community, many people either get them wrong or are too afraid to get them wrong to really even try. So what are some ways we can all help shift the conversation and encourages and just encourage others to do the same. Yeah, I mean, it's doing their due diligence. A lot I think as you said earlier, a lot of people are fearful of pronouns in general because they're afraid of messing up, but you don't have to be afraid of messing up. When you mess up, it's not the worst thing in the world. If someone makes you feel extremely bad for accidentally getting a pronoun wrong, you know, that's not about you. It's about them and it's just to your diligence and to everything that you need to be doing in order to kind of get these pronouns right. Just keep practicing. That's all it takes. So Fran, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, being non-binary and the pronouns that feel comfortable and identify you. How how was that in communicating that with friends and, and family? Tell me a little bit about that journey. 
You know, my journey is going to be different from everybody else's and is especially different from someone like Demi Lovato. And actually, my pronouns are pretty fluid. I go by he, him pronouns, she, her pronouns, they, them pronouns. Um, and it really, you know, my gender is an ongoing project and I'm always trying to make it okay for that to be true. I think a lot of times the kind of drawback or the paradox of representation and these big coming out moments is that um, the announcement of your identity or your pronouns need to be this extremely significant and like fanfare moment that draws a lot of attention and concretizes your identity um, in an irreversible way. And that is just, you know, not the fluidity. Like I, I subscribe to fluidity. Identity is something that fully belongs to you and you alone. And so uh, and then also, I guess something else that's important to know and something that I think is very relevant in the conversation of Demi Lovato is that, you know, cis-passing people need to have a great cognizance around the space that they take up when they adopt these labels pub publicly. And I include myself among that group. Something that I guess I appreciate about some celebrity comings out, coming outs, um, and I'll, I'll use Sam Smith as an example, is that when they came out, they said, here are all the trans and gender non-conforming people that have informed me in this way, that have educated me in this space, um, and say, these are the people that lift me up. These are the people that have informed who I am and why I'm still learning. And, and that, to me, is kind of how you serve the quote-unquote representation that needs to be served. So important. I love I love the the lift as you as you climb. Really quickly in terms of pronouns, there there have been so many questions about what to do when you make a mistake. People, you know, just trying to get it right. It's not you know second nature to them in the very beginning. So if if you don't know someone's pronouns, is it best to just use neutral ones or none at all? Is it impolite to ask? What would you what would you, you advise? Know, um, this is going to be a case by case basis. It's, it's, it's different for different scenarios you are in. If you are in a work setting, you know, I do think that it is helpful to have pronouns in your email signatures, in the kind of information that comes with different co-work, diff, like your kind of different co-working spaces so that people can already know and they don't have to ask, right? I find like asking someone their pronouns in a workplace environment to be a little taxing, you know, like it's, it's kind of like, and within the case of even myself, it's like, if my gender is an ongoing project, like it's like kind of like, that's not so important to me. So it's important to just refer to someone by their name. If you don't know, I do not recommend, or rather you shouldn't, um, defer to they, them pronouns um, ever. Uh, I think that that is a common misconception when it comes to pronouns. People think that they, them is gender neutral, but it is in fact misgendering someone if you're talking to a binary trans person, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think it's important to just refer to someone by their name. If you have established a little bit of rapport with someone, let's say you've been talking for a little little bit or, you know, you've had a good conversation or you're at a dinner party and you have mutual friends, you know, I think it's really, really easy and great to practice saying, hey, my pronouns are 
X, Y, Z. What are yours? When did you start seeing an earnest effort by companies to be more inclusive? Oh, that's inter- That's an interesting question. You know, it's kind of gradual and it comes in waves, right? But when it comes to trans and gender nonconforming people, um, you know, especially black and brown trans and gender nonconforming people, to me, that is a conversation that has only been started over the last few years. This is the first time in my memory where white people are reading about race, right? And I think it's a really exciting time to know that um, that white people are going to enjoy something like legendary, right? Or that um, cishet people are going to enjoy something like Pose. Uh, I think it's an, a really incredible time to be working in media and entertainment spaces where there's a representation boom. That was Fran Tirado. For more on the discussion surrounding Demi Lovato, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. Things from the past, especially the 90s, my era, always come back. And a beloved 1993 fantasy flick is doing just that. Salem, Massachusetts, get ready to make room for a wacky trio of witches because it's official. Hocus Pocus 2 is in motion. I put a spell on. It's reported that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy will return for the sequel. Midler made the magical announcement on Twitter saying, Sisters, it's been 300 years, but we're back. Hocus Pocus 2 will begin production in the fall and is set to release in 2022 on Disney+. Well, with that, have a magical weekend. And don't forget to rate and leave a comment about People Every Day on whatever app you use to listen in. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Maureen Malarkey, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Duke, Josh Fisher, and Bahid Frazier. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Will Lee, Carrie Lieberman, and the incredible staff at iHeartMedia and People.